You are listening to A Journey in American English. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode and the end of the week. So the year is coming to a close, and this will be our final episode for this year. We really appreciate all of our listeners. We really appreciate people giving their feedback and everyone supporting us. That motivates us to continue on with this project. We've had a lot of fun, and we hope that the next year will be even better. We wish everyone happy holidays and hope that everyone is happy and safe and spending time with their friends, family, and loved ones. So, in today's episode, Chris and I want to talk about something we find to be quintessential American, and that is sitcoms. So, situational comedy. These have been around since at least the 50s with I Love Lucy, and are still around up all the way up to uh, The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I can't think of any other ones. So, Chris and I want to talk about some of our favorite sitcoms, some of our favorite scenes from these sitcoms, and how they relate to our personal experiences, and how they relate to the modern American experience, if you will. And also the old-fashioned American experience from like the 50s and 60s. So with that being said, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. And without further ado, let's begin. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I, w- I was going to be more enthusiastic and I was going to have Christmas music playing in the background because it's next Christmas is next week, but... <laughs> Yeah. I, I just i'm just gonna do a hello yeah uh speaking of christmas <laughs> can never seem to get away from it this time of year as soon as we're done here i'm uh running out to the world to wrap up my christmas stuff yeah see i hate that and we always buy gifts and we always buy a boatload from amazon and we would get like 10 or 15 you know packages probably but i've been really trying to reduce my amazon consumption so i probably have not bought that much from amazon but we've decided not to buy anything for christmas this year and it's just me and my wife so there's really not much to go around but usually we buy like a lot of small stuff and so we kind of made a deal with each other that we're going to buy uh like a coffee machine like one of the really expensive ones for like three four hundred dollars <laughs> yeah and- and uh, that'll be the gift for us both, basically. And we're not going to buy like small gifts. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's the way to go, you know, with a small family too. And, you know, I, it, I think it is good to try and reduce Amazon spending as much as possible. I, I understand like it, it's going to happen. Also, something to keep in mind, totally not related to anything we're talking about today. If it's something you need to get off Amazon, but you don't need it right away, just, you know, you don't need to pick two-day shipping. Pick, like, the five-day shipping. Yeah. Even though it's sometimes it's kind of hard to actually find anything other than, like, two-day shipping. I, I don't have anything against Amazon. I think Amazon gets, like, a lot of hate for no no particular reason. So one thing I do buy a lot on Amazon um, are books for like my Kindle, because I have a Kindle in Japanese and a Kindle in French. So there's no way I can buy those physically. Like I could technically, I could go to the city and buy physical Japanese books and physical French books, 
but it's I don't find the experience to be very pleasant when you have to look up like three words a page. <laughs> yeah. And on your phone or on your Kindle, it's just a lot easier and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I really buy uh, like on a regular basis through Amazon and Audible. Unfortunately, I buy a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. But uh, like, which, by the way, uh, last week we talked about the tornado. And oh yeah, Amazon warehouse, and you were yeah. like, "Oh, I can't believe you hadn't heard anything about." Yeah, this. I was super surprised. Yeah. So, just for perspective, everyone listening, I wake up Saturday morning, and then we record this. <laughs> Chris has been awake significantly longer by the time we record. So, as soon as we stopped recording, I got on my phone, and I just see, you know, I see everything, and I'm like, "Oh, I feel, I feel really dumb right now." <laughs> Okay, I I didn't think about that. Yeah, because it's uh, it's what is it eight eight a.m. nine a.m. Yeah, we, we start recording nine a.m. my time, which I I sleep in on Saturdays. I normally wake up at six a.m. Yeah, and here it's uh it's five thirty ish. So I kind of forget I forgot that it's a huge time difference. Mm. But yeah, <clears throat> yeah, terrible weather. I call and and unfortunately the tornado touched down where in my hometown. So near St. Louis and in Illinois and a couple of people died and were injured, but I called my family and everyone was fine. It's just, you know, it destroyed some of their furniture, but because of the wind, but that, that was about it. So now I I actually was worried a lot because um, for a living, I, I send trucks to Kentucky a lot and I was like, Oh my God, did I send someone to die? Oh, wow. That did not happen. Thank, <laughs> thankfully, uh, it it kind of went just around where I send people. But mm. I was like, oh my god, I hope I didn't just send someone to die. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so that that that's the that's the weekly weather report is, are, is tornadoes <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I guess the the la- I kind of got sidetracked. But yeah, I guess the last point before we actually get to the the topic was with Amazon. We've decided not to really buy as much and if you have to buy from amazon then you know you should buy it i bought this really nice keyboard from logitech i think it's called the mx master and it's super expensive and it's so expensive i feel bad for you and saying it's like 200 bucks with like the mouse and i love it it's one of like the best keyboards i've ever had and i'd buy it again but it was expensive and i decided to actually buy it in a physical store because you know you know, I wanted to do that. And because of that, I paid 20 bucks more <laughs> because it was being sold on Amazon as a set for $20 less than what I had bought it in the physical store. And I was like, man, so sometimes you know. it's worth it. You get it, you get it right away. And it, that's you know, maybe true. Supporting local, like and things the, like that. I'm willing to pay more. And I was able to test the keyboard out in the store. So that, and the mouse too. And there was a guy there who, bought the keyboard for himself and was able to give me a lot of feedback about what he liked about the keyboard and didn't like about the keyboard. So I can think that touched on what we said about two episodes ago, you know, getting like personal service. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's enough for like the weather and the Amazon report today. We want to talk about something I think is super interesting and that is sitcoms. And I feel kind of dumb because for the longest time, I didn't actually know what the word sitcom means. And I thought it was just like one word, but it's actually, it's a combination of two words. Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is? 
Yes, situational comedy. And I didn't know that. I just thought sitcom was just a break, like, you know, it was just a normal word, like dog. I didn't know it was actually a combination of two words. Yeah, so I think, I don't want to say sitcoms are necessarily an American invention. I think that would be kind of extrapolating. But I definitely feel like they're a huge part of American culture, even to this day. Oh, absolutely. And it would be, be disingenuous to pretend otherwise yeah and i i will say as as i did a, a little prep for this week's episode looking up lists of sitcoms and all that kind of things you there are there are the sitcoms everyone knows even if you've never seen it the brady bunch uh saved by the bell things like that mm-hmm. everyone knows who those are there are so many sitcoms that nobody has ever heard of they 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 cranked them out fast Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, what's the earliest sitcom you can think of? So I can't think before The Brady Bunch. And that yeah, that's was probably for me, too. Yeah, I, would MASH, would that be considered? Oh, probably in, uh, what was it, Everyone Loves Lucy? Oh, my God, I, I can't believe it. I didn't think about that. Everyone, yeah, of course, Everyone Loves Lucy. Um, yeah, that's so, or no, that's course- I Love Lucy. I love yeah, Luke. yeah, right. I it's love everyone. Luke. It's everyone hates Chris. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, but that's that's like 50 years later. Yeah, uh, I love Lucy. We're, we're stretching the capacity <laughs> for millennium brains right now. <laughs> Millennial yeah. brains. We don't I don't think we have to like go too far into detail on like each individual sitcom, but I guess the the thing all sitcoms have in common, in my opinion, is that they try to represent like daily life or like a daily situation in like a, a funny kind of way, like really highlighting the the funny or comedic aspects about a situation. That's yeah, and, why. Being, that, and trying to be relatable. As possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely relatable. And I love Lucy. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what it's about, but it's definitely a sitcom. I think everyone has heard of, even if they don't know what it's about. And I, I cheated a little bit and it's from the 1950s. So I don't know if there's one older than that and you could still call it a sitcom um, because before that, you know, you had the second world war and I, that's way, way before my generation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, also bewitched for some reason is an older one. I'm remembering. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the that only reason from... I know about that is because they made, they made a bewitched movie probably a little under 20 years ago that for some reason I, I had seen yeah oh my god i can't believe yeah so that kind of falls into the 70s too so if we if we start with one sitcom i don't know if you want to call it a sitcom a sitcom but i would say mash and the thing with mash i don't i think it is oh okay so it's mobile army surgical hospital so mash and it's not technically a sitcom it's more of like a a comedy drama so to speak but that one was really popular during the the vietnam war basically so it was supposed to talk about the vietnam war the korean war and all that kind of stuff and so it was really really watched but if you go to like the first in my opinion the one i remember the most is the brady bunch and it was from the 19, 1969 to like 1975-ish, I want to say. And 
I think the biggest reason why the Brady Bunch is is still popular and so popular is because it showed a non-traditional family. You know, because like in the sitcoms before, you had mom, dad, and the kids. But in the Brady Bunch, you have a mom and a dad from two different marriages who bring their children together. And so they form this kind of like patchwork family. So where they have like a bunch of siblings living under one roof who aren't related to one another. And that's kind of like the basis for the entire series and why it's so funny. So... Well, and I'm going to take a, a real shot in the dark here. But sure. I, I think part of the reason that was probably also appreciated is um, no one thinks their family's normal, right? Like nobody oh, yeah. thinks their family is totally normal. <laughs> and if you can watch a show about a completely weird family, you're like, oh man, these this is not normal. I, I relate to that. Yeah, I mean... I. I would say that. I don't know how relatable it is nowadays because, I mean, it's from like almost 50 years ago. Yeah. But um, it's definitely it's definitely a cult classic, I would say that. I don't know if it's cult, but it's definitely a classic. Oh, while we're on the topic of classics, there's something I just remembered I, I think we have to talk about, and I hope yeah. you've seen this. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen Hogan's Heroes? No, I don't think so. I don't so think do you know it. what it is? No. Like Hulk Hogan? Oh, this is an, no, this is oh, way way older than that. This is, uh, I, I just Googled it because I want to make sure I had the name right. It's from six, 1965. It was a sitcom, uh, a very funny sitcom, and I've only ever seen it in school. For some reason, they showed this in school sometimes. It's about American World War II soldiers and uh, some other allied soldiers in a Nazi Germany POW camp run by some like real incompetent uh, officers. Uh-huh. And the idea was while they're in the POW camp, uh, they have they're like feeding information to the allies and stuff like that because the the Nazis that run the place are so stupid they keep like bragging like oh tomorrow we're gonna have an uh, a, a huge armored battalion over here and they're gonna they're gonna win the battle and they're like oh that sounds very scary good job and then they'll like open like their secret radio and just radio that to the allies and and apparently it's just a super funny show I've seen a couple episodes of it and I remember it being funny but that's that's probably the oldest one I've seen, and I'm I want to say it probably aged very well, especially since it was already a historical historical show when it was made. Huh? No, I, that sounds super interesting to be. No, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. Um, but like a Nazi comedy or a comedy about Nazi Germany. Yeah. That that reminds me of what what's it called? It's not a sitcom. It reminds me of The Dictator by Charlie Chaplin. A little bit, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he kind of where he makes fun of Hitler and the Nazi Party in a comedic fashion, although it's not a sitcom. It's more of like a, I would say like a comedy sketch that that he did in like the forties or the thirties. I can't remember. But Charlie Chaplin actually died not too long. I think he died in like the seventies or something. So, but. Hmm. No, so I've never seen I've never seen Hogan's Heroes, uh, but I might have to watch it actually. I I kind of want to rewatch it now because I, again, uh, there were just like a f- couple episodes throughout my school career. For some reason, a teacher would just put on an episode like this is really funny, and everyone likes seeing bad stuff happen to Nazis. So did did you watch it under under the guise of like uh, you're in history class? <sighs> Probably, I think. <laughs> I probably saw two or three episodes throughout like my 10, 12 years in school. 
Yeah, and our our teachers used to do that. So we would have like English class, and I don't know what you guys did for English, but we would go through like like Shakespeare and like um and the Romans and the Greeks and whatnot, and talk about like Greek mythology. Um, and then we talk like about like um like uh history during like the 1600s um in the U.S. with Indians and whatnot. And every time we would reach like a certain uh, like historical moment. And it was somewhat relatable to like a Disney movie. We would ask if we could watch it. So, <laughs> so I remember one time we got we we got to like a Greek mythology, and we asked our English teacher if we could watch uh, Hercules, <laughs> and he's like, "No, we're not going to watch Hercules because it's super inaccurate and has nothing to do with actual Greek mythology, which it doesn't. Um, it's kind of made out of whole cloth." But I'm I'm going on a rant anyway. Um, I feel like that's a typical American thing, at least in schools, is to if you can tie it to a movie, let's watch a movie instead of like actually doing class but... or, or a TV show. Uh, my yeah. I had an English teacher in high school and this kind of ties back into things. She was obsessed with The Office. So if oh. she could somehow, some way contrive us watching an episode of The Office and like filling out a worksheet and analyzing like plot structures and things like that for English class. She was going to do it. And it makes me ask the question, does The Office count as a sitcom? Uh, no. It doesn't have a lot of the tropes you would think of, but it all seems to be situational comedy. You, you know what it is? It's a mockumentary. That's what it is. It's a, it's a mockumentary. I, so, yeah, I suppose it's more in favor of that. Kind of like Spinal Tap. Do you know that one? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Spinal Tap was, I think it was from like the 90s. And it was basically a documentary, uh, basically a group documenting a fake metal band. And the metal band was like the like the most metal, the most cliche ever. And they would just document that in a very funny way. And so uh, it became kind of like the cornerstone of modern mockumentaries. And The Office is kind of that, but like over 200 episodes or something. Mm-hmm. and apparently there are two versions like you know you have the british version and the american version yep so i've seen neither i don't really care to i've seen the memes but it's just to me it's like i don't know like why would i want to watch like i'm off work why would i want to watch something about work you know what i mean and yeah. I, don't, I don't get it it's it's not my favorite <laughs> show but it, it did i'm glad i asked the question yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but if so, we if, Go on. Oh, go go no, ahead. I was going to move on to something else. Me too. So what you go first. <laughs> okay. So kind of moving through history. Uh, I, I think you said the first sitcom, the earliest sitcom you've seen personally is the Brady Bunch, right? Yeah. So you're way, uh, unless we're counting like an episode or two of Hogan's Heroes here or there, you're way ahead of me. So I, I kind of started the Fresh Prince. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now we're in the 90s. But if you go before the if you go before Fresh Prince, you have uh, the Bill Cosby show, which yeah. yeah, which due to various reasons we won't get into has kind of fallen out of favor. Uh, Bill Cosby as well, but I think that was the eighties. But yeah, I think that ran because I think I saw it when I was doing a little research. I think that ran like eighty four to ninety two ballpark. But I love. I love, uh, I didn't really much care for the Bill Cosby show, to be honest, but I wasn't the demographic because that was, I think, 
and that kind of paved the way for Fresh Prince, I guess, if you will, because it was one of the most famous sitcoms because it featured like a black family. Now, it wasn't like the first one to do this, but it was definitely one of the most prominent. And up until that point, a lot of the sitcoms are just kind of like white oriented. So it was really, you know, about white Americans. And which was I just a given, I would say, for the time, especially like in the 50s and 60s, you know, what with racism yeah. and all. <laughs> what well, that old racism? Yeah, yeah, black and white <laughs> racism. But uh, once you get more like into the 80s, you know, you start getting like a different like colored families and like Fresh Prince, I think was one of the most successful because it was more, I think I felt like it was more down to earth because with Bill Cosby, he was more of like an adult. Whereas Will Smith, it was him. I would say as like a teenager. Yeah. Um, like on the cusp of being an adult. Yeah. Where, when I, however, when I go back and look at the whole show, it really, I really feel like he's a lot older than what he's portrayed to be in the series. I don't even know what his age is though, to be honest. Uh, I think he's in his 50s now. Well, in the series, but like in the 90s, he wasn't. No, I mean like his character. Oh, um, at the beginning of the show, he was in high school. Oh, okay. And oh, by the right. end of the show, he was in college. <clears throat> yeah. So I really enjoyed uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I think I've probably seen every episode. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think it's one of the most 90s shows you can possibly watch, um, if, if I do say so. And, 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 it's, and it's great. It now, is. Apparently, it wasn't that popular. Like it was moderately popular during its like its runtime, and it got much more popular as time went on. Yeah, but that's true of any of, of everything, though. I think. Um, but it is. It's definitely a classic. Um, so that's one of the reasons why it's still popular. There's a there's a popular meme, or that that's going around, or was going around on social media, where. The director said to Will Smith, um, you can pick your character name, but be sure to pick it well because you'll be known by this name forever. Because, because you know, like you become so associated with the role that you become that person. So whenever you see, like, for example, like Daniel Radcliffe, everyone sees him says like, oh, that's Harry Potter. But it's, that's not Harry Potter. That's the actor who plays Harry Potter. But you become so identified with the role, there's no difference. And so mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why Will Smith decided to call himself Will in the series. <laughs> so a lot of people confuse Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with his actual life because both characters have the same name. <laughs> and, and supposedly he had next to no acting experience or training before really? like day one. I, I didn't know that. I, I haven't researched this too hard, but apparently he just kind of showed up and <clears throat> just did it. Yeah, I and you know there was some. It was it was in later seasons, but there were some real like emotional parts of that show. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think one of the, I can't remember the exact episode. I didn't like do my homework, but one episode that really touched me. I think really touched a lot of people, especially black children, was the one episode where Will Smith is trying to reconnect with his father. And every time he tries to do something with his father, his father cancels on him or his father, you know, has something else to do because he's like, his father's in town and they can just never connect. And the father decides to like, kind of, you know, in the middle of the night, just, you know, leave without telling Will goodbye. And yeah, I won't give the episode away, but that's, that's one of my favorite episodes that that really touched me. Uh, Mm. 
So and really solidifies Uncle Phil as like everyone wanted Uncle Phil to be their uncle. Yeah, definitely. Although he served more as like a father figure, I would say. And yep. I think that's one of the, one of the most important aspects of the the sitcom is, you know, family like comes in all shapes and sizes basically, and people can serve different functions. So while it is technically his uncle, it's more or less, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's his father. And he's the father figure, if you want to be more accurate in the series. And uh, I, re- I really like that. And uh, another thing I like about it, not only is it his uncle as a father figure, but a late fa- father figure. I don't think they actually met until, I mean, he was, he was in high school. Uh, yeah. Cause he got, he got, uh, what, what was the, um, he was in some neighborhood. Well, so Will Smith grew up in some neighborhood where there's like a lot of crime and drugs, whatnot. And his family sent him off to go live with an uncle who is like in a better neighborhood. And I guess the whole premise of the series for those who don't know is that Will Smith comes from like, like the hood, like the ghetto, you know, like what is Philadelphia? Yeah. Like what does it be like on the streets? And now he's now he's living in some like rich affluent neighborhood where people are where it's high society and people have manners and and whatnot. And that's the basis for a lot of the comedy. And it's it's good comedy. Like, uh, yeah, I God, I'm fighting myself to not recite the whole whole (laughs) intro song. Uh, Yeah. And and I'm going to I'm going to make a fool of myself real quick. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was on TV a long time for a long time after it finished running and mm-hmm. I would, you know, I'd be scrolling through the TV guide and I would see it. And I'm like, I don't know why. And this is me making terrible, terrible, terrible assumptions. My like 10, 12 year old self. I didn't know what Bel Air was. I didn't know that was in Los Angeles. I thought it was like someplace in the middle East. Oh, <laughs> And cause it's called the fresh Prince. I'm like, Oh, is this like some young hip, uh, prince of some small Middle Eastern country oh, wow. getting up to crazy hijinks. Oh. I thought that for forever. And I guess one day I was just so bored. Like there was nothing on TV. I will see what this show is. And I saw Will Smith and I'm like, uh, what? what? Will Smith had a sitcom? Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll say something that, I, that, that for, for the longest time I didn't know and I felt really dumb. So when I so the early two thousands, you had uh, the that's that's so seventy, that seventy show that seventy show, and I really thought that that was an actual rerun of a comedy that was from the seventies, which, <laughs> which for me was really weird because like I recognized all the actors and I was like, but there's no way that they're from the seventies because they're all so young. Wow, they age so gracefully. Yeah, and I really <laughs> thought that the show was an actual comedy from the 70s. And only after was the series over did I realize that it wasn't actually from the 70s. It was from the early 2000s. So it was from the time period in which I was living. <laughs> and I thought that for like the longest time. And that that really messed me up like bad. Um, because like you, you know, it was kind of like Inception, like the Matrix, you know, like the, it doesn't like fit together. <laughs> and uh yeah so that that's kind of like my dumb moment too did you watch seinfeld yeah i didn't really like it that much though i know seinfeld's a classic but 
it's considered like the greatest sitcom of all time. Yeah, yeah, they they say that, but it's just, you know, I think it's somewhat overblown. And I think because like there's a lot of hype around it, that's why people think it's so good. I'm not saying it's not good. And I'm kind of judging with like no basis because I've probably seen maybe one episode. Um, there There is a related comedy from the same period that I have seen a bit, but I do not like, and that would be Friends. And I've seen a couple episodes and I just couldn't get into the humor. But I have to know Friends because in Germany, people ask me what my name is. And so I tell them what my name is. It's, you know, Christopher Chandler, for those who don't know. And they're like, oh, my God, like the guy from Friends. Like, do you know Friends? Like, yeah, yeah, I know know Friends. I've heard of it. And I think I've had that conversation literally. Like, I literally mean this. I probably had that conversation at least 50 times where people will ask me what my name is. They'll hear my last name is Chandler. And then they'll be like, oh, like the guy from Friends. It's like, yes, the guy from Friends. (laughs) So, yeah, no. So, so you might think this is funny. Uh, my so second grade through eighth grade, my education, I went to a religious school. Uh-huh. And I think when I was like in seventh grade, my science teacher, who was also a religion teacher, mm-hmm. that's the kind of school I was in, was talking about how so much modern media is just so immoral. And one of his examples was, was friends. He's like, oh, if you actually think about it and look at everything i think like everyone in that show has has slept with like everyone else it's so immoral <laughs> how do they put this on tv well i mean i guess it really depends where you where you get your morals from but yeah i i, I would put it this way if you're looking to find a good moral foundation you definitely shouldn't look for it in the media um no. but yeah <laughs> Yeah, what? So a sitcom that they recently revived is Sex in the City. I don't know if that counts as a sitcom, though. Does it? I I don't know. I never watched it. I didn't even know it came back. You didn't watch it. Everyone has. You have to watch Sex in the City. Everyone has. To watch I mean, Sex I think it was on in a room one time. I walked through. Yeah, that's what they all say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Honestly, I've never watched it. Um, Okay, so according to Wikipedia, it's considered a romantic comedy drama. So it's not actually a sitcom. But no, they revived it. Uh, or Actually, it's not a revival. It's a reboot. I don't know what the difference is, though. And that was like, I want to say like a month or two ago. So no, 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 no. So yeah, Friends, Seinfeld, you have to see those um, if you're into sitcoms. Or you have to at least know them. But... What else is from the 90s? Saved by the Bell? Is that 90s? I think it, I want to say that started in the late 80s, so probably bled into the 90s. Kind of like with Growing Pains then. Yeah, and I think the only time I ever watched Saved by the Bell was I would put it on the TV because Fresh Prince was on next. Uh... Oh, oh, I know a big one that I watched a lot of. Okay, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. Does it start with an S? No. Oh, okay. What what starts with an F? Full House. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, home Improvement. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, the oh, Tim Allen sitcom. With Tim Allen. Right. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing about Tim Allen, though, is that was, that was his saving grace. Because I think before Home Improvement, he got arrested for, like, uh, drug trafficking. 
Oh, I did he, not know this. Yeah, yeah, he got a, he had like a really hard time before, either before or after. I'm not sure about the time, but he was involved with drug trafficking. Um, and but he got cleared of the charges, but still. But Home Improvement is a really good show. I can't. I don't know. I didn't think about that. Um, although I think with Tim Allen, I think his career has kind of gone down the hill. Well, I mean, he's he's older now. I mean, he's definitely he could retire just fine because he had a successful movie career after this for 10, 15 years. Yeah, but he kind of got like pushed into the realm of like Christmas movies for like almost a decade. So um, now whenever I think of Tim Allen, I think of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) But Home Improvement is 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 a really good show. So for those who don't know, it's basically and you can correct me on this because I haven't seen it forever, but it's, you know, Basically, it's a show within a show. So it's basically about Tim Allen having his show and helping people, you know, in, you know, do like DIY. So like do it yourself kind of projects um, around the house and whatnot. And that's kind of the whole show as far as I remember. Yes. Um, And I think uh, it was a I don't think it was quite public access TV level, but it was like one step above that. So not a lot of people saw his his show really in, in the show. Uh, oh, okay, part, okay. part of the humor of it is is that he's like uh you know like a macho manly i know how to fix anything but he, things would always go wrong on his show the one the one thing he was consistently like capable and smart about was like car stuff because like even in his off time at the house he was always working on a car um it, it really was a show based a lot around masculinity because he has uh, he has his wife and three sons in the house. And what's interesting is that the show ran for like seven or eight years and they kept the same actors for all three of the sons the whole time. So you like really see them grow up. Like I, at one point, one of them like moves out and goes to college and he comes back every now and again. And the youngest brother ends up being the tallest one, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which reminds me of, of growing pains. You know, where like, uh, which is kind of like the same thing where the, where they go through like the evolution of like becoming older, like coming of age. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Growing Pains was super popular though. I think it was super popular in the eighties, but it didn't have like a lot of staying power. And like a fun, I think one of the reasons was because like Kirk Cameron, so the the main actor in Growing Pains, he became like super religious, like mid like halfway through the series because he became like a born again Christian and he was talking to his pastor and his pastor was saying, you know, how immoral the show was. And, you know, like if you want to stay on the show, you, you should find some way to connect it to like God and like religion and Jesus and the Bible. And which caused like a lot of conflict on set because a lot of people weren't really practicing Christians. So after that, I think Kirk Cameron kind of just went off and just did a whole bunch of like religious films. So, uh, but that's kind of like a, like a small excursion. So, yeah, but like the next one I really liked was like Full House. And I would say that's more of like a 90s version of the Brady Bunch because it was basically all of them living in one house trying to get along, even though they're from different families. And they did a reboot of Full House um, with the not so creative name Fuller House. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it was released on Netflix, I think, like a, a half a year ago, like six months ago. I didn't I watch. It didn't do that well. No, since I knew it was coming out, and then I heard nobody talk about it. 
No, I, I, I think I watched like five minutes of it. But for me, those are things that are just kind of like you should, you know, let them be. So I don't really see the the point in like re-watching them, like doing like a reboot. I think reboots are kind of a cheap way to make money. So I don't actually watch them. Well, I don't think it was a reboot. Wasn't it a sequel? Like, yeah, one okay. The, one of the characters was the new dad. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know if there's a really difference, though. I mean, it's, you know, it takes place in the same universe. It's the same continuity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I think that, being a, a, a nerd about continuity. Yeah, I think that's the, the main thing is that it does take place in the in the same universe. And the so, full house universe. <laughs> yeah, the full. Yeah, I think that that is the. the, the <laughs> I, where did it take place? Though I think it originally was in California. I think that's the setting of, you know, of the series. I believe so, but don't. The, no one should quote me on that. I'm not a. I'm not a source for anything, but, <laughs> but I believe it took place in, in California, like a lot of, uh, like a lot of sitcoms. And this is the one I really, really enjoyed. And so Bob Saget was one of the main actors in Full House. And he really presents himself as a very wholesome, uh, down-to-earth, uh, moderate personality. You know, like, like the everyday man, basically. You know, just trying to do his best. And he, he does this character very well. And so it came as a shock to me that he that bob saget does like a lot of comedy sketches and he did a lot outside of full house that are very like are extremely vulgar in every sense of the word and so if you see that version of bob saget and the version in full house it's like it's like you're looking at two different actors you know it's it's basically when like with jim carrey where Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler are known for being like comedic figures and suddenly they become like super serious and it's really hard to accept that. And that for me was like, it blew my mind. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I can never look at him the same way again now. (laughs) Well, you know, they they like having a range and doing different things. If you're stuck doing the same thing for 10 years or something, you're you're going to take the opportunity to, to go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm going to touch on like one last sitcom of mine and you can go for yours if you have one, sure. which is the big bang theory. Okay. So I do, I do not like that show at all. I do not either. And I, and my wife loves that show to death. Uh, at least it feels like that. And I just, I can't get past the humor in the show and I find it to be too blase to I don't know what I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but it's kind of flat, in my opinion. And the one thing for me, I have kind of gotten past sitcoms for one important reason, and that is like the laugh box, where they would basically dub laughter into the episode so you would know when to laugh. And for a while, I thought that was really cool because it felt like you were watching it with other people, you know, but after a while it just became super obnoxious and it felt like it was inappropriate at some points or like my laughter was kind of being forced. So I could never decide when I was allowed to laugh and when I was not allowed to laugh. And so for me, big bang theory was just kind of like, you know, 
that was the point where I realized that I'm no longer into sitcoms because I just don't, I just don't think they're funny anymore. And I feel like they're something that kind of died in the nineties, or at least they should have died in the nineties, um, but never did. So that's my rant. <laughs> so I, I mean, I kind of agree also. Yep. Uh, big, big bang theory is awful. It has one joke. Ha ha. Look at these nerds. That is the <laughs> joke. Uh, and then, man, there's two more. There's one I almost forgot. And I watched this show with my dad for years. And I can't believe I forgot. Frasier. Did you ever watch Frasier? Oh, God, no. I've never seen that. No. Uh, I've never it's, seen a, it. it's a Kelsey Grammer sitcom about a, a radio psychiatrist living in Seattle. Oh, that's very specific. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sound that funny. But it was... And he was like, he and his his brother was a psychiatrist too, but he wasn't a radio psychiatrist. And he would always like, oh, you left your practice to go be on the radio. But they were like, just these like really stuffy intellectual guys. And their mm-hmm. dad is like, like an ex-cop blue collar kind of guy who is like, why, why can't you guys just be normal? No. Why can't you just enjoy things like a normal person? Because they're uh... like, they're the kind of guys like they, they went to a dinner and they had a nice meal. Uh-huh. And Fraser says to his brother, "This is this, this is a great meal. You know, the only thing better than a perfect meal, a perfect meal with one tiny problem for us to nitpick the whole time." And his brother's like, "Absolutely, they're they're those kind of people." Which I, you know, I won't pretend I'm not like that either. Which is probably why I like the show. But <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Um, I I really didn't. But. I think everyone knows that. I think it's it's a very well-known sitcom. There is one sitcom, I'm kind of cheating because I was kind of scrolling through Wikipedia, that I really did like, and that was How I Met Your Mother. And I think it is like the funniest thing on earth. Isn't um, it How I Met your, your Father or How I Met Your Dad? No, no, it's How I Met Your Mother. With uh, with what with what's his name, Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the only reason I thought I got mixed up is uh, one of my roommates was saying they were doing another one of those shows, and it was how I met your, you know, the opposite. Yeah, I think they're yeah they are doing that. Yeah, yeah. They 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 did a, a version of that, but now how I met your mother, and I really enjoyed that. I thought it was super funny. Um, not that it matters too much, but like neil patrick harris is he's gay and which was kind of like kind of came of a shock to me because the way he plays his character um because his character is like an over eccentric man who's like super into women at like every step of the way and then i found out like the actor is well he's gay i was like oh okay (laughs) and like i mean he's acting yeah i was like oh wow that's that's very that's very convincing acting it's kind of like with hugh laurie in house which by the way isn't a comedy he's english but his accent is so good i thought he was american and i didn't and so when you hear him actually speaking in his normal accent you think he's acting (laughs) it's so weird um but yeah that's pretty much my take on on sitcoms on a version of tv that should have died a long time ago but Mm. is unfortunately still alive so we could go through more but and this is a thought I kind of have as, as we're wrapping up. I don't really watch much network TV anymore. I haven't for like probably a decade. 
I'm outside of uh, when like football is on. So sometimes I'm at my parents' house and they'll have the TV on and I see these ads for, it's always a new sitcom with mm-hmm. some famous comedian. You These days, it's always a comedian past their prime. Like, there's like oh, a yeah. <laughs> Iglesias show or something like that. Like, Gabriel uh, Iglesias' peak of popularity was like probably 10 years ago. But, uh, I and I they must be cycling through these so fast. And, you know, people in our generation aren't having families as often. They're having less kids. I, I don't think we're really as interested in seeing that that family life probably you know this might be me reaching a bit but i think a lot of us think that's kind of out of our reach at this point we don't really want tv to like remind us yeah that's that's one of the reasons why i don't really like sitcoms anymore is because when you're not in the situation it's super interesting but once you're living it day to day it's like why why would i want to watch it it's like well if i work in an office all day why would I want to watch The Office? Or, you know what I mean? So if it's too relatable, it becomes somewhat, you know, boring. And the the point of TV is to provide a form of escapism, you know, so that you can escape the reality in, in, which, in, which, you're, uh, in which you are at the moment and go to like a different place. But if you're, be- if you're being brought back to where you were, then there's no point watching TV. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's just one of the reasons why I just don't watch like sitcoms anymore. Um, yeah. And what you said, like an interesting point and we'll, the last point, I guess, and we'll wrap up is how a lot of these actors have or are getting their own like shows where it's just about them. And I think most of them are trash. I really don't like them. I think they're kind of bland and it feels, it feels like they're being produced on a conveyor belt basically, mm-hmm. but there is one that I really like that I think was done very well. And that was everyone hates Chris or everybody hates Chris. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is about, you know, Chris rock, you know, it's all about Chris rock, but it's, I don't know if it's necessarily about him being like a family person. I think it's more about him as a kid, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, so for the most part, he wasn't even really in the show. It was like a kid version of him with yeah. an adult version of him, like narrating it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really liked that show. And that was probably at the peak of his popularity or close to when that show was made. Yeah, I mean, Chris Rock is still pretty popular, though. I wouldn't say that he's lost in popularity. Right, but like, you you see a clear divide in these kind of shows where, you know, you have things like The Cosby Show, things like that. Mm-hmm. People getting their own show at the peak of their popularity. They're getting oh, a show because yeah. they're popular and they want to sell the show with them. And then, you know, cut forward a few decades later, you're seeing people get shows because like, oh, I'm not that popular anymore. I guess I can, you know, do a sitcom and kind of revive my career. People know who I am still. So it's name recognition. They'll always check it out. It's, you know, it's, it's a different use of the big names these days. Yeah, basically, I think once you get your own TV show, it's kind of all downhill from there. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's the way I feel. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have. I don't know if you have anything. Uh, no, I think that's uh, that's all I got. And yeah, everyone wish me luck out there to wrap up Christmas shopping. Yeah, I wish you luck. And so we're, we won't be back for the next couple of weeks because, you know, the holidays. So I hope everyone is safe and sound, enjoys their holidays. If you celebrate, if not, you know, still be safe and sound. And we'll see you all uh, in the new year. Yep. See you all in the new year. <laughs>
Bye. All right. Bye.